Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. All right, back here on Sports Talk Saturday, Nate mixing in off-air conversations into his sports updates about who's on the water and whether it's dog-friendly. It's a great place to take your dog out there to uh, Gratwick Park. Uh, so if you're headed out to Brews on the Water, Wines on the Water, I hope you enjoy that event. We have uh, done a lot of work to let everybody know what's going on out there today at Gratwick Park, so go check it out. Matthew Collar back here, Sports Talk Saturday, and we have been uh, discussing – this tumultuous offseason, to use a very sports word, uh, and the Buffalo Bills, the injuries that they've gone through, you see the guys on ESPN say it. There's an SB Nation article out today. The Bills are losing training camp after Rex Ryan had said that the Bills won the offseason, but it wasn't what you think he meant. He just was trying to say that players were catching on to the offense and defense. That's all he was really getting at, but it's one of those Rex quotes that sticks with people and they like to throw it back in his face when uh, things don't work out, which, you know, I would I would say that Rex brings about a lot of criticism for his predictions and maybe he deserves some of that, that there are... Uh, Probably people around the league that don't like him because of some of the things that he says or some of the jokes that he makes or how pumped he was to beat the Jets last year. But the one thing that is agitating is when you see Adam Schefter or someone on ESPN say, well, Rex said he won the offseason, but here's the thing. I mean, it's just not what he was saying. And if you're going to take the quotes, I know, like, just, just trying to use Rex Ryan's big name to... Uh, you know, make a crack or whatever else out of context inaccurately. That's that's what ends up happening to Rex when he talks as much as he does, where he makes uh, the prediction that they would make the playoffs and would have a better defense. And then all season long, it's Rex lied about having a better defense. Well, not really. He's just trying to hype up his team. I mean, that's all there really is to it. Um, And I, I don't know any coach who doesn't do that in some way or another. Anyway, uh, 803-0550, the number to jump on, one 550 All right, Nate, um, have you answered all the calls off air about Bruise on the Water? As much as I can, okay. I mean, to the best of my knowledge. All right, very good. So we're ready to go. Giants trivia. What do I know about the Giants other than that there was some game they played against the Bills? I don't know what happened. It was in the Super Bowl. Let's not talk about it. Oh, uh, no! Well, this yeah, is awkward yeah, then. Yeah, I've got oh, the first no. question here. Um, Tom Coughlin, uh, previously the the most previous New York most Giants previous, head coach, yeah. uh, he coached with the Giants during that uh, <coughs> Super Bowl. Uh, what position did he coach? He did. Okay. Um, I'm kind of surprised that I've not heard of this. I know Bill Belichick was the defensive coordinator, right? And he famously thought he could confuse Jim Kelly and they slowed down the game and things like that. Fake injuries. I'm going to say that his position was special teams coach. That was a good guess. 
It was actually a terrible guess. He uh, he coached wide receivers uh, during the Super Bowl. Not a terrible guess. Yeah, Some wide receivers one. play special teams. Good question, though. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay, there you go. All right, Phil Simms, one of the greatest Giants quarterbacks of all time. Where did he play college football? Phil Simms. Where did he play college football? It's funny about Phil Simms, you know. I mean, I really didn't grow up, like, in the Phil Simms era of New York Giants football. It's a little before me. So I could say, like, where his kids went to college. Mm-hmm. I know all of them. Yeah. And maybe there's a guess in there somewhere. Nope. No, there isn't? Nope. Okay, because his one's, son went to Texas. This one's a bit off the map. Is there any hint you can give me on where he went to college? Because, to be honest, I don't know. I, th- I believe it's D1AA. Oh, okay. Um, I'm trying to think of someone that would have went there, but I... I'm, I'm just going to give you this. This was the tough one. This was the one you shouldn't have gotten. Yeah, that's a bad hint. It is uh, Moorhead State. Okay. Uh, there's a guy for the Denver Nuggets who went there. Kenneth Fareed, ah, right? Did he go to Moorhead State? He did. That would have been a good one to uh, to give you there for a hint. All right. Which Giants running back holds the franchise record for yards from scrimmage? Uh, I will say Tiki Barber. You are correct. Congratulations. That was a good one. I thought you might not get that one, but I was I almost wasn't went with uh, Rodney Hampton. But I decided Barber Luckily must have had a did. lot of receptions. He did. He did. All right, so in 2004, the Giants' franchise record for receiving yards in a season was broken. Who was the receiver to break it? Um, okay, my guess would be the one receiver that I think of as being a, the biggest part of that era of Giants football, the Imani Toomer era, which would be a. Oh, yeah, I just said Amani Toomer. I meant to say the Tiki Barber yes. era, but I meant, okay, whatever. I got it right, Amani Toomer? Amani Toomer is correct. Now, who led the team in receptions that year? So he broke the record the, for Receiving yards. yards but uh, a certain player had one more reception than him. Was it Tiki Barber again? Negative. Not Tiki Barber, huh? All right, do you have a hint for this one? Uh, he played for the University of Miami. All right, let's think about it here. Um, he was known a bit for his antics, uh, a bit of a loudmouth, uh, so to speak. Played for a number of teams towards the end of his career, but was considered to be one of the better players at his position during this time. Okay. Well, at his position, so we're not talking wide receiver? No. Okay. Jeremy Shockey. Correct. That was a good one. He searched for that one. All right, last one, Matthew. Eli Manning took over as the full-time starter in 2003, but it was midseason. Who was the starting quarterback to start that season? Um, Kurt Warner? That is correct. All right. Okay, so you know your Giants. Okay, I thought you were going to dip back into, like, uh, YA Tittle. I was thinking about that, but I didn't think that that would be fair. (laughs) You know, all you need is one when it comes to the quarterbacks. I mean, Jim Kelly proved this to us. Right, You just need one, and then you get like a decade of good football. And Eli Manning, they have not been perfect throughout the decade. They were in the playoffs four straight years in a stretch, missed two years in a row, then won the Super Bowl again uh, with Eli Manning. But there are other quarterbacks in the history of the Giants. It's Phil Simms, and it's Manning, and Fran Tarkenton is in there a long time before that. And just they had... I mean, here's some other sort of, you know, you had Kerry Collins, Dave Brown, Danny Cannell, Jeff Hostetler. That was the one. I was going to ask you a question about the 97 season and who was the quarterback to lead them to the playoffs in the 97 season where they had a tie. They went 10-5-1 and won that year, and it was Danny Cannell. I just thought Danny that that would have been way, way out of the, uh, out of the realm of knowledge. 
All right, so uh, you're going to be on post game with me later mm-hmm. tonight, Nate. What are you looking for in this Bills game? Preseason game number two. Well, I'm going to be looking at a fellow named Duke Williams, who I think had a pretty good uh, past week or so with Aaron Williams out. He's been able to kind of take over that uh, starting role and assume that. So I'm looking for him to have a um, repeat performance from last week. And then, uh, as Sale kind of pointed out in that receiver battle, Greg Little's an interesting name that I'm going to continue to watch. But Walt Powell had such a great, I thought, game last week with Cardell Jones. So I'll be excited to see if maybe those two have created a nice little chemistry moving into the uh, moving into the rest of the preseason here. Plus, he's got a roster position he's really fighting for. Uh, he might get a really good opportunity tonight with Cardell. I assume Cardell's going to get some time in that second half like he did last week. So that's a guy. Those are two guys I'll be watching for on each side of the ball. And Cyrus Quandro, I'm going to be watching for him. Yeah, I want to see again. if he can. I yep. want to see if he could play a little bit because last week they highlighted that he was starting to come along yeah. a little bit. Um, I'm still not going to say he's nope. going to compete for the starting job, nope. but what we need to know there is can he fill in if necessary at because, each tackle spot. Yeah, in the past we have not felt like he could. I'm looking at Jarrett Boykin tonight. I mean, you mentioned him, but 26 years old. He is out of uh, Virginia Tech, and a guy in 2013 that had a really good season with the Packers. And you might say, yeah, I could have a really good season with the Packers. 49 catches, 681 yards, three touchdowns, playing with the Packers. And he is impressed so far. And between him and Walt Powell, it seems like there might be some room there for one more wide receiver. He's made some spectacular catches, had a very good first preseason game, including the touchdown catch from Cardell Jones. I've liked what I've seen so far from Jared Boykin. And I want to see more of this wide receiver battle and more of them with Cardell Jones. Now, I know one of the things that the Bills probably want to see is some of these wide receivers with Tyrod Taylor and how their chemistry might be. I know they're going to play Tyrod, Nate. I just don't want them to play Tyrod. (laughs) So much of the season we've spent today going back and forth with some people about Um, this year and the expectations and where they go after this tough offseason. And for me, they don't really move much at all. I know you've got more of an uphill battle without Darius for four games, and I know that it doesn't make it easier not to have Reggie Raglan, but you can overcome those things. What you cannot overcome is losing Tyrod Taylor. I think we know that from last year, 0-2, and Manuel throwing the ball to the other team in England against Jacksonville. And just any team in the league, it's not just a manual thing, it's any team in the league, if you lose your starter, you are in big trouble. And every time he's in in a preseason game, whether the other team is really trying to take him out or not, we know that you know the other team tries really hard not to injure anybody. I am just holding my breath that entire time. I think, though, what we need to see from him is a similar thing to what I was watching with RG3 the other night. And that was like the epiphany that RG3 had that I am no good if I can't be on the field. And I saw on a number of occasions there was a read option play and also a, a scramble play that he had like 20 plus yards on each of those runs and immediately slides down before even even the thought of contact came his way. That's kind of what I'm looking to see Tyrod Taylor do. I, I think this is a good time to practice that kind of thing. It, it's difficult to practice sliding in practice, especially for mobile quarterbacks. They're not getting hit anyways. So when the bullets are flying, I'd like to see a little like conscious effort from Tyrod to just maybe get down f- three or four yards 
before contact is even in question. And that's just to protect yourself, but to start practicing. You can't, it's a difficult thing to have that in the back of your mind when you've got a hundred different things running through your head is I need to get down, I need to preserve my body. So that's what I'd be interested to look for tonight is if he's going to get a little bit mobile and get on the move, get down or out of bounds, either way. 8030550 number 1888552550 if you have something that you're looking for tonight i guess i'm curious at how much marcel darius is on the field uh, rex ryan said he expects to play darius more than darius wants to play uh, because he's going to be suspended and just it's always to me as soon as we get past the starters or as soon, then you can sort of sit back and relax and watch the game. I just live on with my hands gripping the side of the chair waiting for somebody to get hurt the entire time. Um while the first teamers are in there and, and you know I mean maybe that's just too much of being concerned but I don't know. I mean the Packers lose Jordy Nelson last year during the preseason and just somebody's going to have that injury. And you don't want it to be your team. But um, Cardell Jones, let's talk about him for a second. Now, last week, it's one of those things where, you know, this goes for Dak Prescott, too. Dak Prescott has had an amazing first two preseason games. And what you will hear from everyone is, hey, it's just the preseason. Everyone knows it's just the preseason. A few things that I saw, though, from Cardell Jones were, one, an ability to step up into the pocket and make a throw. He had been criticized for throwing off his back foot too much, and it's probably true, but stepping up into his throw and making a few very good ones, showing not just an NFL arm, but, I mean, how do I put this? Just throwing it real hard to nothing or nobody is is totally ineffective, but being able to step up and make an accurate pass. I know it's not against the first team. I don't need to be reminded of all that. I know that. But we watched Tyrod Taylor last year. And in the preseason, and there was a game against Cleveland where he dropped back like a five-step drop and fired an out pattern 10, 15 yards I down the I remember the play exactly. It, just a perfect pass, right on the money. And at that point, I went, I need Tyrod starting for this team. I need him to be my quarterback. Now, I w- I'm not saying I need Cardell Jones to be the backup. EJ Manuel can still be the backup. Uh, I don't think Cardell Jones is ready. But you've got to have the throws though and with most of these preseason quarterbacks just can't make the throws I mean who's I watching the other night I watched the Minnesota game well Sean Hill is still in the league that's something but you know their fourth string quarterback is a guy who played at Wisconsin last year and you watch him throw it like no okay he's not going to be able to make the NFL throws at this speed but in terms of a starting point for Cardell the throws is what you absolutely must have if you're going to make it I think what you're referring to in, by the throws is that anticipation and throwing a receiver open. And I think the perfect example of that is that the play to Walt Powell in the fourth quarter with 50-some seconds left, that, that play right over the middle where basically Walt Powell is in triple coverage. Not man-to-man triple coverage, but the zone is basically you have a 5-inch, square-inch window to fit a ball in on stride. And he was able to throw it with anticipation and just that bullet that you were talking about. And I think that was the most impressive part. And same on the touchdown to Walt Powell is there was such a small window of error. You, a little bit left or a little bit right, and that's probably intercepted or knocked down. So to me, it's those little throws. And I mean, we've known that Cardell is a bit of a gamer as it is, that he wasn't going to come up and be a, a consistent practice player. 
I mean, he came into to two years ago and he came into that game against Wisconsin, and all of a sudden he's this guy that no one's heard of, and then all of a sudden he's thrown for four touchdowns in that game, and then having a great you know college football playoff and a national championship, obviously. And you're right, it's against the third teamers, whereas Dak Prescott's been impressing really kind of against the first team defense. Um, but you're not going to see that with Cardell. He's not going to get an opportunity with the ones. So what you want to see him do is just win the moment, win whatever he's situation he's thrown at him. And, I mean, from last week, he did that. So let's see where he goes this week. I agree. Do you want to see him get some time against the ones before the end of the preseason? I think I'd like to see him get time against the twos. I don't think it bears much relevance to see him go against the ones I'd like to see what he can do instead of EJ Manuel one day maybe put him in and we know what we're getting from EJ I think he's a preseason all-star um, so you know he's going to play well in the preseason you know what you're getting from EJ let's kind of see what you throw when you throw some second teamers at Cardell but first team it really doesn't make much sense to me to do that 8030550 the number one 888 Nate Geary there Matthew Collar with you sports talk Saturday and uh, the Bills coming up here at 4 o'clock against the New York Giants. We will have the broadcast on WGR. John Murphy will have the call along with Mark Kelso and Sal Capaccio on the sideline. You can also read Sal Capaccio's recap and uh, some of the things that he's written uh, for training camp. When Hold on. There's a story here that I've been trying to track down about Mike Tirico in Thursday Night Football. I wanted to tease it, but I'll just give it to you now since I'm trying to read and do that um Reset for later. Apparently, the NFL said they don't want Mike Tirico on Thursday Night Football. Did you see this story, Nate? I didn't. That seems kind of foolish, though. There's a report that they want Ale Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, I guess NBC is doing some Thursday night games, uh, that they want those guys to do the broadcast instead of Mike Tirico, who left ESPN for NBC. The original plan was to have Tirico do Thursday night and obviously not have Al Michaels have to work on Monday and Thursday at points during the season. And the NFL said, nah, we want Michaels. How about that? It seems uh, a little like, hey, why did I leave my gig with ESPN (laughs) if I'm coming to come here to do Olympics? And if they didn't like him doing – I mean – why didn't they push for him not to be doing uh, Monday Night Football? I don't have any issue with him – I don't as, as a football broadcaster, broadcaster in general, I mean, he kind of he isn't one of those where you immediately think when someone says, "All right, sportscaster." I think most of us immediately think like Bob Costas, Al Michaels is another one, maybe some of the guys who are older and have been around a long time. Uh, but Tariko, I would put in the very solid category, and one of the things that you know with any sort of sportscasters, if they're getting in the way of the game, you know, if they're trying to make it more about themselves, uh, you know, with big calls and stuff, that, that can be, I, I've never been a huge fan of who's the guy who used to do the, um, the March madness games used to just go completely nuts. Gus Johnson. Oh, I was going to say Rafferty, but there were times where it was great, but then it got overdone because he felt like he had to do it all the time. And then it just sort of got redundant and, revealed some of his shortcomings when people started listening more close to him. And Tariko doesn't try to do that stuff. I think he's more under the, I'm going to not mess it up sort of range. But it's surprising to me that the NFL would say, no, you don't get him for Thursday Night Football. More Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth for you. 8030550, the number, one 888 If uh, you got a thought on what you are looking for tonight, who you want to watch, who has stood out to you so far 
in the preseason and uh, what we're focused on, Bills Giants. And the question of the day is, has anything changed for you expectation-wise with the offseason that the Bills have had? It's been tough. Uh, we talked briefly to Thurman Thomas earlier, who called in and um, asked him, and he was on board with saying the offense should be the, the side of the ball that carries the Bills, and it's the first time in quite some time that that has been the case. So 803-0550, here on WGR. All right, back here on WGR, Sports Radio 550, Matthew Collar. This is the last time I will ever be doing Sports Talk Saturday. How do you feel about that, Dan Cave? Good. I feel good about it. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. I say good riddance. Oh, wow. Dan Cave joining me in studio. You know, <laughs> back in the day, here's what they used to say about Dan Cave. Uh-oh. They would say that if you, got, if you drew Sports Talk Saturday... And Dan Cave was going to do it with you. That you would be, that you felt safe and secure. <laughs> that you knew that if you really were blowing it, that Dan would be able to bail you out with some good sports takes. That that really, I mean, when I first started here, <laughs> it's a little bit like, oh, three hours, huh? Okay, that's a long time to talk about sports. Yeah. But uh, our old boss, the one who hired me, Andy Roth, would say, look, if you're with Dan Cave, that's right. you almost can't screw it it's up. It's kind of what I'm known for. Yeah, it is. It's kind of my thing around town. It's like an odd compliment, right? Like, not like, man, Dan has got the takes that will blow your right. socks off. If it's, you're if you're dying, look over through the glass into the control room, and Dan will probably say something, he and will, right, he then will, you'll be back on course. Yeah, he's like a floaty, only That's as right. a person. Just like um, I'm doing today. Yeah. Oh, right. Sure. Well, I didn't have anything specific for the next half an hour here. Oh. I uh, exhausted my amazing Usain Bolt take. Mm-hmm. which is that he's super fast and fun to watch. That's a, that's um, a strong opinion. Quick question, because I want to ask you about VZ and tonight's preseason game with the Bills. Great. But uh, with the Olympics, do you are you like me where it's just on your TV for weeks and yeah. you, you, you and the wife? Uh, yeah. Because for me, that's how it is. It's just on the – I got a new well, – t- I got a new TV. My brother bought it for me. It's okay. just like it's a smart TV. Uh, I'm familiar with those, okay. yes, yes, yes. And um, so you can do the Netflix on yes, and everything. Yep. It's very large. I'm All very impressed stuff. with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm just it, like it's been visually awesome to just have there. I've been doing work and trying to track down an apartment mm-hmm. and like all these other things that are going on in my life. We had a yard sale this morning and I sweated more than I've ever sweated working out in any way. Mm-hmm. Um but it's just on, and you know, once the the times that you sort of stop what you're doing is Usain Bolt, Michael Phelps, and Katie Ledecky, and you get to learn these names, or maybe you know them, and those are the stars, and everything else is just sort of it's like baseball in the summer. It's just the background noise of your yeah, uh, that's right, yeah. And I honestly, there's a part of me that feels obligated to watch it because because America. R- well, not even that. Just to keep <laughs> up on you know what's happening. I mean. You know, it's you finally sit down at the end of the day and you go to turn on the TV and it's like, well, I suppose I should turn on the Olympics because <laughs> I, I, if I don't, then I'm going to get 68 notifications on my phone from all the apps that I have saying that Michael Phelps just won another gold medal. And I, I guess I should watch that. Well, there is happen. this too. Uh, yeah. There's nothing else really on. Well, no, I mean, that's if you're true. not like a diehard Mets fan. I mean, are you really like yeah, which, which All right, not. Steven Matz is pitching tonight. No, just... I know. We're in the what are they the dog days of baseball, I believe is uh-huh. uh what we refer to this part of the season as. Uh so no, there's not much on in terms of sports, definitely, but uh 
as uh, as you mentioned with your smart TV, there's always the old Netflix option. But rather than go that route, I think it's just uh, it's just as well to turn on the Olympics. And you know, I, once once they start, I know there was a lot of, uh, and there still is. There's a lot of weird stuff coming out of Rio. But um, you know, now that they're here and now that they've started. I got into it, I, and it's 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 it is always exciting seeing the world's best, best athletes compete against each other. And like you mentioned, it is funny how you really get to know them. You get to know their names, and then they completely fall off your radar. <laughs> right? It's like, hey, NBC once in a while will try to do that thing, right? Like in December, like Katie Ledecky is going to be swimming in this meet in San Antonio, and Ooh. you should Olympic. Yeah, Katie oh, Ledecky. Yes. Why do I know that name? And it'll draw like a point zero 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 one rating. <laughs> but I mean, but, but when it's the Olympics, it's something completely different. It is fun. It's fun that everybody's into it. And um, yeah, go go America. You know what's going to be cool? So for the last three years, I have had to get up at four forty five in the morning. Right. Okay. To Not be anymore. With, with How- right with Howard and Jeremy. Yep. And one of the things that that has really killed for me mm-hmm. is the Netflix binge watch. Mm, okay. Because if it's if we're going Netflix, it's got to be either on the weekend, like going all in four episode type of night. It's either got to be on the weekend or it's got to be one. Yeah, two is a major stretch. The last show that we watched, I'm not. I, it was a while back, and it would be like, you want to watch another? You know, like, yeah, you uh, reach that point where you're. To, can we get to two in a night? And uh, I'm looking forward to that. Are you? you what's? Are you watching anything right now? No, oh God, no, no, no. You no, know, you know busy? what killed that for me? What's that? The Baby? birth of my daughter. Right, yeah. exactly. But that and that, which is great. It's fine. Ugh, I, I, but, it's, oh, I know. Right? I, I know. I'm missing out on the night of and everything else. But uh, it's all good. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, no. So to that, it's like you just reach a point where your brain can't even process what's happening on the television anymore, which is why. You know, binge watching isn't an option for me at this point. But the Olympics is perfect because it's just like, you know, people swimming and, oh, that was a good thing. Okay, I'm going to go to bed now. Right. So, so much less focus required. Exactly, if I exactly. come in for one set of the volleyball, it's like, did you watch that volleyball last night? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I did. I saw I that. I yeah. saw that. Yeah. Wow, what that, a set by those Americans. That is the funny thing, too, is that, like, you know, everyone's watching the exact same feed right. of all the same things. Like, did you yeah. see that? Like, Yes, I did. Yep. You Just did like too. everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you think of Usain Bolt? Fast. Fat, yep. it's, Not much else you can say there. Olympic opinions are tough unless are. Ryan Lochte lies about getting in trouble Yep. Over there, which I, I'm not even sure what opinion to have. Okay, Jimmy Vesey goes to the mm. Rangers. Mm-hmm. And so now, until we play the Rangers in Buffalo, or until you do, or Me? I see him in Minnesota, right. um, we don't have to talk about Jimmy Vesey again? That's a relief. Yes. What do you think of his decision? Uh I, well, you know, it's not for me to say if it's the right call. I, Because I, who knows I, what was going on in his head, right? It's like you had, even down to the uh, the final minutes yesterday, you had reports on Twitter coming out of Boston saying, well, you know, I heard the Bruins meeting went very well. And then, <laughs> oh, well, I heard the Devils made a strong pitch with Taylor Hall. And don't count out Chicago. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Penguins aren't in it still. So... All eight teams, as far as I'm concerned, had an equal chance going into yesterday evening. But uh, ultimately, as far as the Sabres go, I wasn't totally surprised he did not pick Buffalo. If you're looking at a uh, a line graph of my of my brain, the day they traded for his rights, I would have 
I would have said there was a 100% chance that they would assign Jimmy V. Didn't it feel that way? It did. Like totally. Okay. So Murray, Murray has an inkling of something like he's got secret Intel from Eichel or something like he knows that he can close the deal with VC. And then about a week later, Kevin Paul DuPont from Boston uh, had that report, which he turned out to be completely right on, saying well, VC is not going to make up his mind. He, he's not going to make up his mind during this period. He's going to go to free agency on August fifteenth. And, and at that point, I would have knocked it down to about fifty percent signing with Buffalo. And ever since then, it's just been a steady decline. You know, I, I got a little excited the other day when Joe Haggerty of uh, CSN New England, who had been interviewing him along the way, mm-hmm. had said, "You know what? I would guess Buffalo." And then oh, I, thought, I saw I that. Thought, Are we back? Right? Are, are we yep. back? Because I had already counted us out. Uh, but that turns out not to be the case. It was funny to me. It was funny timing. Yes. There was an article right after the Sabers traded for his rights that the Rangers were like trying to figure out where he'd fit in their lineup. There was an article. I think it was Larry Brooks, maybe New York oh, Post. Yeah. And I went, "What Rangers? Why would they even be in this? I mean, I'm not looking at them as as in this, and much less why." These articles shouldn't be coming out right now when the Sabres have his exclusive rights. So I'm guessing there was something there, some indication to him. Right, because even at that point, you wouldn't have the, the, the only teams that were being mentioned and really had been mentioned, even I think prior to Nashville trading him, were Buffalo. Uh, like Buffalo is a dark horse, Boston, but, but Toronto, Toronto and yep. Boston. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. So, you know, I guess, and both I think both fans, uh, you, you, all three fan bases probably – each uh, had uh, uh, high hopes in terms of VC signing with them. I think all thought they had an equal shot. I'm glad he did not go to either Boston or Toronto. Um, I, I just I could not have taken the, the the snark coming out of both of the both fan bases. While I love both cities dearly, can be a little <laughs> on the grading side. And ultimately, I think it's better for our sanity that he didn't go to either one of those cities. New York, like, what are you going to say? Right. Okay, it's New York. It's the Rangers. All right, go have fun, I suppose. But the, the, as far, if he wants to win, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I understand that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the only thing he said was... He was impressed by how much they wanted him, which just is so vague. Well, the Sabres traded for his rights. Right. Do you think that they didn't want him? I mean, should look, Jack, what did you say? Come on, come on, Jack. Why did you do this? No, I'm just kidding. But I'm actually surprised I didn't see that take anywhere. So I guess Eichel's not the recruiter. Not the recruiter we thought he is. He gets a set of steak knives or whatever the uh, (laughs) the famous line is. But um, well, you know, if you think about it. Uh, think about it from Eichel's perspective. It's like they've known each other for a little bit. They play this rec league hockey together. You know, imagine if you're in Eichel's shoes. How 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 often is it really going to come up? Like, wouldn't because you want to be conscious of your friendship, right? And you you don't want to be annoying about it. Like every day you see each other in this locker room. Like, hey, so um, Sabers yet? Or what do you think about playing with me on the Sabers? <laughs> right. Is that something that you're interested it's in? It's a new era field now, right? <laughs> Uh, Keybank key Center. Yeah. No, is that something that like you think you might want to do? Get you uh, some hats. Right. I don't know, Jack. This is the eighth day in a row that we've talked about this. Can you please back off? So yeah, yeah, I mean, going to call it the cap. Right. Exactly. He can only really make his pitch for so long, and after that, it's like whatever. And if he if he had his mind set on New York, which it seems like maybe he did, then whatever. So he will. I think if he was yeah. some people. What I was going to say. How does he project for you? Well, you know, um, I was talking with a high-ranking source oh. the other day. 
score in NHL. Stop making that motion, Nate. Um, <laughs> for an uh, NHL Make organization. Make it again. I didn't see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just about VZ and how to project him. And I think most people are would look at it in the league like this is a guy who's probably going to score 15 to 20 goals. I uh-huh. mean, this is not a Jack Eichel freak show who shows up right out of college and right. is like, oh, my God, this yeah. guy's one of the best players in the league already. It's not going to be like that. And that's the one thing that was surprising about the roster that he picked, the centers. The team's <laughs> Mulkin. Crosby, Taves, Kane is not a center, I know, but Kane is on that team, though, and you would get to play power play with him. Eichel, O'Reilly. I know. Austin Matthews. Even in Toronto, absolutely. Even David Krejci, Patrice Bergeron. Sure. I mean, like, you picked, you know, Mika Zibanejad and Derek Stepan. And Stepan's pretty good, but he's not That's why there's got to be more into it instead of just like, well, I feel like they wanted me the most. Yeah. There's got to be more that went. Right. For Mr. Harvard and all that, right, Mm -hmm. who uh, I think is – there was a story out that he was learning Mandarin Chinese because it thought he thought it would help him in the business well, world, right? We've all, like, we've all been there. Indeed. But uh, I don't want to show off and speak my Mandarin Chinese right now. But I mean, you should like, save that for your final A guy show. who is so like in-depth in his thinking yeah. that he's going to learn Mandarin Chinese to be better at business probably is not supposed to be just impressed by we they had a cool video with liam neeson in it which is really a thing apparently the the rangers the, put that together yeah you the, didn't see li- that there no, was literally no. at the end of the video was like liam neeson saying if you don't come to the rangers i'll find you that's re- that's a real thing i'm not well, making that up i believe you and that i wish that i did make that well. up because that's hilarious wow dan thanks for coming by Thank you for having me, Matthew, and it's been a pleasure working with you. We will, um, well, we're going to work together literally like later on tonight. So. Oh, right. Post game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we'll check in with Sal. He's going to take over next from two until kickoff. So we'll check in with him, see what he's up to, and looking forward to tonight. Uh, one more segment of my last time doing Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. All right, one last segment here, Sports Talk Saturday, and we bring in Sal Capaccio, who will be on from 2 until right up till around kickoff between the Bills and the Giants from New Era Field. So what are you thinking about, Sal, as we go into preseason game number two? I am thinking about is on defense and how they have to approach preparation over the next few weeks. You know, we've talked about Marcel Darius' suspension. You have a lot today. We know Shaq Lawson's going to be out. We know Reggie Ragland's going to be out. Will Manny Lawson miss any games? We know he could. Uh, that changes a lot of things up front, especially in the front seven, as far as, you know, who you place where. They really like a guy like Bryson Albright, Matt. And, you know, I wonder, you know, what his spot is on the team. I think they'd love to keep a guy like that on this roster. He has to show in a game like tonight, you know, that he is worthy of that roster spot. Rex Ryan is very big on when the lights are shining. He counts that maybe more than some coaches do and more than practice. You know, practice is important, but really when it gets under the lights here in a setting against another team, that's really when Rex Ryan wants you to show up and earn your spot. And that's no coincidence why a guy like Leonard Hankerson was cut after last week's game. Yeah, I was just, that's exactly where I was going to go, Sal, is if there was a, uh, if that was ever made obvious, uh, it was by cutting Hankerson after drop, not only dropping passes, also slamming his helmet down either was not the – uh, the best look there and, and really didn't show up in that game. And that sends a message to everybody else that uh, this, this stuff is for real and it's on um, when it comes to uh, the wide receiver battle sale. Is that something that you're really focused on tonight? Because for me, 
I mentioned earlier to you when you were on that Jared Boykin is a guy that I'm watching closely, but Walt Powell had a great first preseason game. Yeah, and it was not lost on Rex Ryan either. I can tell you that. Him and his staff, I'll tell you from people I've talked to this week, they were very impressed by Walt Powell's game last week. Not only that, here's the little things that people really don't, you know, uh, get into as much maybe because you're watching from the stands or on TV. There were some little things in that game they were even more impressed with Powell as far as his decision-making, uh, punt returning, catching the ball, routes, and things like that. I think Walter Powell really helped himself after talking to some people this week in the organization as far as his chances of making a roster spot. And that's even with Reggie Bush here, who is still their number one return man. But Walter Powell, you know, he could be a, an excellent uh, you know, backup return man. You can use him in certain situations, and then you can obviously – you know, put him on uh, the offense, and he can play special teams. I think he really helped himself last week. All right, Sal, what are you talking about today? Well, we're going to kind of continue the theme that you had going today as far as expectations are concerned. You know, how different are they with all of these players out? Because, you know, I think it's different, Matt, when you hear the news versus maybe when you show up to the stadium on game day and you're like, oh, we got this, right? I mean, you start to get that feeling that, hey, it's football and anything can happen once it's kicked off and – you know, to your point, as long as maybe the offensive guys are healthy, you'll be okay. But the other thing I want to talk about today, and I'm inviting calls on this, I started a hashtag this morning because my son is attending his first game today, and it is Kids Day, and a lot of people, you know, take their kids their first game at Kids Day because of the atmosphere and environment. So I started the hashtag First Bills Game on Twitter this morning, and by the way, first is spelled out, First Bills Game. The responses have been amazing. Some of the great memories, the stories, the pictures. I'm going to continue that. I'd invite callers to call about their first Bills game today because my son will have his first, and I think it'll be a, a cool uh, trip down memory lane for a lot of people. All right, that sounds like a lot of fun. Thank you, Sal. We'll uh, hear you in a couple of minutes here. All right, thank you very much, Matthew, and uh, good luck again to you and your trip, and we'll talk to you when the Bills take on the Minnesota Vikings, maybe in uh, Super Bowl 51. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that it might be not the best <laughs> bet, although two teams that do have playoff expectations. Thank you, Sal. You're welcome. So, yep, that's it. That's my final Sports Talk Saturday. I will be around next week until Friday with Howard and Jeremy in the morning, so you will uh, hear me as well then, and then I will wish everyone good day as I head out to Minnesota to cover the Vikings. I'm very excited about that, so thank you for all listening, and uh, thank you to Thurman Thomas for calling in and wishing me goodbye. That was a very cool moment. And thank you to Nate for playing Rod Stewart and making me very uncomfortable to end this, which I think is probably appropriate. Turn it over to Sal now. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 